0: Schemo tribe. my name is Roland Hric and I want to welcome you to episode number four of the skimocast in which I was not alone I was joined by my very good friend and colleague Igor Žiak and we had an amazing talk with French Schemo athlete Emily Herop she is new to skimo and still relatively little known but her results say we should pay attention to her. She recently celebrated her 24th birthday and is already French number 2 behind Axel Gachemolare. Last season she finished 3rd in the World Cup sprint in Valmartelo and she made it into the finals of the World Cup and World Championship sprint races on four occasions and on top of that she finished in the amazing 11th place in the Schemostats ranking. We think that Emily is an amazing person and athlete. So sit down and enjoy our talk with her. Emily, thanks for finding time for us. It's a pleasure to have you in our podcast and to get uh, to know you a bit more. So welcome to Schemocast.
1: Thank you. Hi everyone. Well, thanks a lot for for having me. It's a a real pleasure.
2: Yeah. For both of us. Yeah. Many thanks. Uh, Let's see how it goes, what we can get,
0: what you can tell or you can share. The first thing I want to ask you about is uh, your origin because I saw you in Flan in a debate with, I think, your parents or or somebody uh, and you spoke great English. Uh, It was immediately clear to me that your (laughs) origin should be or would be from England, which you also (laughs) confirmed uh, to me. So what's the story of Emily Harrop?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well spotted. Um, Yeah, so my two parents are English. And uh, basically, they moved out here in France, like about thirty years ago. Um, My dad to teach skiing, and my mum was uh, doing uh, seasons. And so they met. They met in Val d'Isère, and so they moved out here. And I was born in uh, Savoie, so in Bourg-Saint-Maurice. And I've been out here ever since, um, skiing and yeah, just (laughs) making the most of the mountains. So there we go.
2: All right, so uh, it seems you, you started with uh, alpine skiing, and uh, when we, when we uh, took a look at your Skimo stats profile, uh, it, it's visible it is only two seasons of racing in Skimo. Uh, where does your ambition uh, to race in Skimo come from?
1: Uh, yeah, well, as you said, I did um, alpine skiing for a long time. So um, I did like four years in FIS, and um, I was, it was kind of my big objective was alpine skiing earlier on. And I got injured uh, in my last two years of fizz. And But I've always been, um, I've always really enjoyed uh, endurance sports on the side. I couldn't really do much when I was in Alpine because I had to uh, get a bit more muscly and bulk up. Um, but I always enjoyed it and I used to do a bit of a ski mo uh, randoning with my dad and it's always something that I've really liked and I kind of found out about ski through uh, Lina Bonel um, and straight away I kind of thought well this sport can be really cool for me i would really like to try try it so i did and um and i really enjoy it yeah so i've been doing that for a couple of years <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's really nice and interesting story about you and uh as you said uh you are still very new to this sport and last winter was uh, your second one and you did pretty well i would say uh, what's the secret behind your sexes <laughs>
1: Um, I, I don't know. if um, It's a big success for now. I'm not exactly well. No, I'm really happy with what I'm doing, but um, I've kind of. Uh, I, I think I've got some good qualities, like for the sprint, that's come from alpine skiing, because uh, you've got to be really explosive, and we always used to do a lot of uh, explosive uh, training for for the alpine. So I think I've really conserved a bit of that. And then, well, I have been, I I did get a coach two years ago, so that's helped a lot, so I've got a training program that's a little bit more um, uh, disciplined and uh, specific, uh, so that's really helped me out, and then of course, well, I've got pretty good skills on the downhill, so that helps as well
2: okay so you see obviously yourself as a sprinter and do you do you acknowledge the advantage over your opponents so you have uh, skiing down is there something uh, really um, really uh, indifference uh, between the non skiers of uh, schema athletes do you think it's it's your uh, biggest advantage uh, going downhill
1: um... Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a very good, well, a good uh, skill to have. I mean, it depends on the races, but like uh, as you say, in um, in Flen, it was a pretty spectacular downhill with big jump, and even in Ponte Lilenio, it was um, it was quite uh, technical <laughs> the downhill, and so to be able to be confident and take risks, I think it can make uh well allow you to get through um through the cuts in the sprints and um and yeah yeah so it can be, um, to your advantage
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, uh with this yeah uh with this comes um uh, to uh, to me uh, a question about uh, do you remember the first time you you used uh schema profi schema uh, skis because um, not like the alpine skis, uh, our skis are pretty light. Where, w- was it quite ridiculous for you to ski on, uh, on such light skis for the first time off-piste?
1: That's a very good question because I remember it like it was yesterday, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really tough. Oh my God, my legs hurt so much. Yeah, it's nothing to do with um, alpine skiing. You feel useless you feel like you've lost all your technical skills so and it is a completely different technique um skiing on these little planks <laughs> so um yeah i was uh it was a day in Saint and it was powder and i was just sinking through and i had to lean back so my legs were absolutely dead <laughs> 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 At the end of like 100 meters of descent <laughs> so yeah it took a bit of getting used to
0: all right and what about your off-piste qualities because you said that yeah in flan or ponte di leño it was uh, a good one for you but what about let's say Val Martello, the individual race for example
1: um yeah i mean it kind of depends on the conditions because um Well, I guess I have a lot more to learn in off-piste, especially on these skis um, compared to, for instance, the world championships uh, this year in Andorra that were actually in the end on the piste in the gates, which I was pretty used to. But um, it is, I think it's more on the um, uh, commitment side of things because when you're really tired, to be able to commit to going straight down Um, I find it still a little bit uh, difficult uh, because you never know if your legs are going to be able to hold you or not. So um, it's, uh, yeah, I think I I still need to train on that side of things.
0: This summer, I think, uh, was a really nice one for you because there was a really big and important change in your life. You became a professional athlete, but last year you combined normal life, uh, school, work, training, racing, and so on, uh, all together. What are the main differences between those two situations?
1: Uh, Well, there are a lot of differences. Um, Last year, so yeah, I was uh, working and in the evening I had my lessons and so I had to go training like early in the morning before work or after my lessons, so in the evening. So I had very little time to do hours and that was from the summer all through to the next spring. So like during the autumn where you're supposed to get the volume up, um, it was only at the weekends I really could. So that was pretty complicated. And I felt like I was missing um, those hours during the season, especially on the longer races, like the, the and uh, the other thing that it really changes um, is for recuperation because, well, when you're doing too many things at once, you never really take time for yourself. And uh, at this year, I'm really looking forward to be able to um, take a bit of a step back between the races to breathe and, um, and yeah, and to make the most of. Um, the mountains a bit more so yeah
2: okay Emily and what is it that you study?
1: Uh, I study business <laughs> uh, in Good. France we've got a lot of uh, yeah business schools and uh, one in particular Management, uh, which um, allows us to uh, continue our sport so it's all uh, it all works for athletes so that we're e-learning and um, the program is a little bit lighter so we can um, do our training at the same time so there we go oh,
2: yeah okay so uh, uh, is it is it uh, joseph fourier university
1: um it's not really a university it's a right. um yeah it's more of a private business school uh we've okay. got a lot of those in france so uh okay. yeah <laughs> it's in going to okay.
2: Uh, so, okay, uh, so you must uh, you must know Belladon uh, part uh, because uh, I used to study in Grenoble for quite some time, and my uh, my playground at that time was uh, Baladon Massif. Do you go there for training?
1: Um, I have been there a few times um, to the Grand Peak de Belledonne and around there, but um, I don't really go there that often because. Well, because I I do e-learning, I'm actually never in Grenoble. So I'm more um, around La Plagne um, and the Tarentese. Okay. But yeah, Belgium's a nice spot,
0: (laughs) for sure. When it comes to terms uh, of your, let's say, uh, the biggest change of your career so far, the professional... Stat- status, uh, I would say it's a really big thing uh, in Schemo in uh, France because last uh, year it was Thibaut Anselme, uh, who was uh, the first uh, army soldier and uh, Schemo athlete and uh, what do you think has helped to join the army for, for the French Schemo athletes because in Italy and Germany it's normal for years but in French it's very new.
1: Yeah, I guess um, there were actually already well, Letizia Roux and Alexi Sevnek, who were the first um, athletes who were in the army. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of a gap uh, since they since they left um, their positions. Um, and well, today Tibo um, is definitely um, kind of getting a bit more popular, uh, I think, and with the Olympics as well coming up. Uh, It's really kind of one of those new kind of sports. And, well, the sport is, it resembles in a lot of ways, kind of the values that the army have, especially the mountain army. So it kind of really fits with their their profiles. And also this year we've got the the military uh, games, the world military games. So yeah, they kind of, um, so they needed uh, some new athletes, some new blood to uh, to go to that.
2: Okay, and uh, Emily, what is your current rank in army?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm like at the bottom. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just a, a soldier. <laughs>
2: Just a soldier, yeah. Because we saw you with Thibault in Paris, uh, attending or visiting uh, one of the oldest uh, military schools in the world. Uh, how was it?
1: Yeah, it was really, it was really good, really interesting. It was for the um, the uh, Champions Trophy, so uh, it was a regroupment between the summer athletes and the winter athletes, um, and so they elected their um, athlete of the year, basically time for me to, well, going to one of these kind of events. And so I was able to meet lots of different, um, well, athletes from different sports uh, from the summer. And it was really, really interesting to um, exchange on, well, different matters, (laughs) such as, you know, their lives and training. And it was, yeah, really cool. And just to be a part of all that, um, you get a sense of, um, of what the army is a little bit more.
0: <laughs> Emily, okay. you just entered the transition zone and as a perfect sprinter, you know that you have to be quick and precise in this uh, zone or area. So it's gonna be about short questions and your short answers containing only a few words or just two or three sentences. So are you ready for this?
2: Uh, Yeah, yes. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's start with uh, what's your favorite training? Um, Long
1: sessions in the mountains.
0: What do you like the most, uh, going uh, uphill or downhill? (laughs)
1: Uh, Downhill. (laughs) Depends. Depends on the snow.
0: Uh, What's your favorite rest after hard training or such a demanding race?
1: Eating a lot. (laughs)
0: Okay, what about your favorite
2: Schemo race?
1: Um, well, I am looking forward to doing the parameter in its real version, so, um, but I've not done it yet, uh, so for now individual races, all individual races.
2: Okay, and uh, what is your favorite pre-race song, if you have any? Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, no, um, okay. I've, I've got one, I've
1: got one, Queen. Um,
2: really? Which one? Don't
1: stop
0: me now. Okay, uh-huh. it's perfect, it's perfect. Yeah, it's very good for the races and uh, for yeah. spring especially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, do you listen to music when training or not? Uh, never. Yeah, the same. <laughs> and uh, who is your best friend uh, from the French uh, team?
1: I get really well with Laura de Blanche.
0: Okay. And but uh, everyone,
1: uh, all the girls are, are great.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, because you are doing this uh, TikTok stuff. Yeah, you, it <laughs> yeah. seems that you are a re- really good gang <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, one uh, question from alpine or oh, giant slalom or downhill and why?
1: Uh, downhill, because I love to go fast and straight. <laughs>
0: And uh, pizza or pasta? Uh,
1: pasta.
2: Uh, when training in the summer, do you prefer running or cycling? Running. Okay. And uh, this is the tricky one. When you cheer for a football match, is it England or France for you?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to say France. I'm in the I'm in the army now.
2: Uh, okay. It who I'm good good it who Yeah. I'm has anybody has anybody from England uh, contacted you yet because uh, Schemo got Olympic maybe you know there will be proposition to race uh, for England
1: Uh, well I don't even know if England have got a team but um, no no one's contacted me yet on that
2: on that subject (laughs) okay okay (laughs) Uh, let's uh, let's finish this transition zone. And uh, it was uh, kind of a fun to get uh, something from you that fast. Let's uh, concentrate again a bit on the training and let's mention uh, Lucas Mari and uh, project uh, Schemo Sports. Uh, how do you see it? Uh, what is your perspective uh, today about this project?
1: Uh, well, I think it's great. Um, well, Luca has. Um is really dynamic because he's wanted to get together lots of different uh, people to be able to um, uh, to be able to help different athletes on lots of matters so whether it's uh, diet um, yeah the training he's got uh, partnerships with different um, sports centers with like um, high altitude training and stuff like that and uh, it's all pretty new really so um he, I was like his first uh, schema athlete and uh, so now he's also recruited and uh, is helping another a younger athlete to uh, integrate like the French team and stuff and um, it's really out of his his own um, goodwill because he's taken them on board uh, like for nothing so um, yeah he's uh, he's got a lot of um, projects <laughs> and it's really good.
2: Yeah, it seems to be there was a, a possibility uh, that you could have learned something about your own body uh, uh, making the schema uh, on a race level. Is there something uh, new for you? You have learned about your uh, physics, about your stamina, about your body uh, in general. Is there something you can uh, point out?
1: Uh, well, I feel like I'm learning um all the time really Uh, I feel like a a beginner (laughs) every every race there's always kind of something new Um, but on the body it's more kind of um, knowing how far you can go Um, because like well two years ago I was almost afraid to do a half marathon and then you do it and then you go on to something longer and longer and so it's kind of um, becoming more confident with uh how far you can go and yeah i guess that's that's
0: it uh, you mentioned a diet uh, before uh, so when it comes to the topic of food are you on any kind of diet or are you just uh, listening to your body needs and uh, eating everything
1: <laughs> yeah i try to um not to not get to get too hold up on this subject because I think it's uh, really important to listen to what your body needs and um, to I, I mean I think it's easy to start to think a little bit too much about how you should eat and like there are a lot of people who might see endurance athletes as being for instance really quite thin and you can get an impression that you need to way less to go faster. And so a lot of athletes maybe st- will start eating a little bit less. I mean, the problem does happen. So I think it's really important to um, eat the quantity that you need for the, um, the efforts that we put in, which is quite a lot. So I like to eat a bit of everything um, to eat in quantity. Um, I almost say that I uh, do sports to be able to eat more. <laughs> yeah Yeah. big motivation in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then again I'm I am quite interested in how different elements um food will impact my um my performance so I, I I'm getting a little bit more interested in like what's good to eat when um but like always in good quantities
0: for sure Okay, yeah, so the the summer is uh, right behind us, and uh, I think it was a really nice summer for you because you won the Red Bull 400 in Courchevel. You did also great right in the Golden Trail Series race in France where you finished uh, in fifth place, and you also enjoyed some time with Alessandra Schmidt running on trails around Mont Blanc. Uh, so were those races, and... Uh, and everything about it—the uh, only tests of your shape, uh, or did you take a part in any other events?
1: Uh, well, those are the main ones. I also did another another trail race um, in um, in August, like a 27k. Um, but yeah, no. Otherwise, I try not to. Well, I don't want to do too many races in the summer uh, to not like uh, overdo it. Um, and, we've got quite a big winter coming up so uh just to do punctual races here and there to remind remind us um of what it's like to put a bib on it's quite good
2: and uh, emily uh, when uh, the winter is coming uh, it is very common that uh, skimo athletes uh, do prepare they uh, training uh, using uh, roller skis uh, are you friend with roller skis or not
1: well i've had to accept roller skis as my friend because um, <laughs> that wasn't the case last year I, um, I bought my first pair of roller skis last, uh, last summer and uh, yes it was a um, difficult time so it was interesting um, to get to know them but now it's yeah it's kind of part of the um, of the training so i am um, i'm hoping i'm getting better it but the balance was not easy at the beginning
2: okay okay so uh, do you see the the benefit of uh, transitioning um, uh, as the winter is coming using uh, roller skis
1: yeah I think it's really useful last year I definitely noticed the difference um, after the autumn training with roller skis when I got back on on my normal skis um, just with like uh, being able to slide better on the flats and having a bit better balance it's also well a lot closer to the muscles that we use during a schemo so it resembles it more than than running or or cycling so i think it's really useful yeah
0: this was your let's say third uh, summer like preparing for the winter season. So is it fair enough to say that uh, we are going to see the best version of Emily Herok so far?
1: Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be, uh, we'll um, pay justice in the winter, we'll see. But yeah, of course, I hope so.
0: And what's your opinion on this uh, calendar? Because you know it's uh, seven World Cups, European Championships, and all the races on a national level, and then uh, Pierramenta or Tour de rutor uh, <laughs> Isn't it crazy to to do as as many races as planned for this winter?
1: Yeah, no, it's super crazy, and it's uh, a little bit scary <laughs> looking <laughs> at the winter season coming. Uh, but I think that we're going to have to make choices um, on which races we do and which races we decide not to do. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, the like, the Piero Menta, it's just in the middle of lots of other races. The Tour de Reuter, uh, which are also World Championships, is like three days before the World Cup finals in flen So, um, yeah, I think the choices are going to have to be made like before the season to what we want to do as a priority but yeah I think it's um it's mad <laughs> it's quite mad yeah
2: intensity. and uh, yeah uh it, it's gonna be really it's gonna be really tough for the athletes and what is your uh, the biggest goal uh, during this season is is the is the next season uh, uh, going to be uh, pre-aramenta appearance for you, the main event, or not?
1: Uh, I'm not sure yet. It's all—it's kind of going to depend on how I'm doing in the World Cups, uh, mainly, and because I've also got the military games, so uh, that's um, definitely going to be a part of my season. Um, But otherwise, it's going to be mainly the European Championships, I think, that are going to be um, the main objective. And then we'll kind of see how it goes for the rest.
0: Okay. And what about your future goals? Are the Olympics the main target when looking into the next years of your career?
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's great that it's in the Olympics um, for lots of different reasons. And um, it gives athletes, like, like me, who were kind of at the beginning, almost a uh, a real objective and um, a long-term objective. I say long-term, but it's going to come quite quickly, I think. You're not going to see the years fly by. Um, and, so, and also being a professional now, it allows me to have a bit more, to be able to look a little bit more into the future, I think. But then we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how things work out.
0: Yeah, and uh, one little jump back to the topic about your preparation. Uh, Recently we saw and posted some stories and uh, videos with the Austrian and Italian athletes uh, who started their preparation on snow. So what about you? When and where are you planning uh, to go to snow for the first time uh, this autumn (laughs) or in the pre-winter period?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully quite soon. I was thinking of going up, well, we're probably gonna head up to Teen um, in, well, maybe next weekend, just for like one or two days. But then it's mainly going to be in November that we start um, with the, the French team. We're doing um, uh, training camps up in teen, beginning of November. And then we might, we might go to Slovenia. Um We'll see where the conditions are the best
2: yeah, and uh, as the winter is uh, really uh, behind the doors uh, do you count your uh, meters uh, of uh, climb per year per season or uh, do you count your training hours uh, to sum it up uh, how many how many hours do you spend training uh, before the season or during the season is it 700 800 or is it uh, more than ten thousand or twenty thousand meters <laughs> of climb is oh gosh it I am... is it hundred thousand? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's them. Um, it's two hundred thousand. <laughs> no, um, I really don't know. I don't have a clue. Um, I don't really look at my stats that much. I kind of, <laughs> I try and just do day by day. But I don't, um, well, I don't <laughs> sum up all the, the hours and everything. Maybe I should. I don't know, but <laughs> it's never really interested me that much.
0: You mentioned uh, Pierre Menta, that it's your dream and goal, let's say. Uh, who is your partner? Last season, Lena Bonnell uh, was your partner. Uh, so the same for the next Pierre Menta?
1: Yeah, with Lena it was great. Um, but I really, well, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if I'm going to do the Pierre Menta this year. Yeah. Um, but I think it all kind of depends on how the other athletes are compared to you, uh, the feeling you've got with them during the season. I mean, we all get along really well with the girls in the French team at least. So um, whoever, I mean, it would be so cool to race with uh, all of them. And I guess then it depends on, yeah, if we're kind of about the same, uh, got the same form, we're almost together in the results and everything. But uh, I don't have one, someone in particular.
0: As you know, uh, you are the number two of French women uh, national team behind uh, one and only legendary Axel Gachemolare. Uh, so is she your role model, let's say?
1: Uh, well, yeah, it's so cool to have Axel in the team. Um, because, well, yeah, it's the reference, the big world reference. So yeah. Um, to be able to kind of um, prepare next to her, it's um, it's really cool and to see how she does things. And I think it really pulls us upwards um, with the other girls. We've got, um, yeah, it's, uh, she's definitely a, a big role model, let's say, and she was also the, well, she helped me get into Schemo because um, she, uh, she gave me and lent me a lot of equipment at the beginning, um, so yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Wow, that's that's very really nice from from Axel. Yeah, it seems that sprint race is your favorite uh, discipline. Uh, but besides sprint race, uh, what what is it? So individual race, vertical, or team race?
1: Uh, well, team races are very cool, and I wish that we could, we had more of them, like on the World Cup. Um, I love the relay as well because it's got such a good, um, a good vibe. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the individual races um, are the kind of uh, the queens of the of Schemo. So um, it's yeah, you've got a bit of everything. It's technical and yeah, it's proper Schemo. <laughs> so yeah, but I don't like the vertical races too much. <laughs> I think they're very very hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, when it comes to world race, it's uh, it's almost and only the physics, the stamina, and it's uh, it's uh, something uh, different uh, from the off-piste uh, ski mountaineering. And uh, when it comes to passion for mountaineering, uh, what are the best feelings you get to enjoy in mountains? Is it sometimes being alone uh, in a really uh, virgin snow, or what is it for you that? Uh, pushes you forward in mountains?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of things. Um, For sure, it's always, I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's really nice to be alone and to just kind of feel that you're in the mountains and, and you've got, you know, brilliant views and you're just able to think a little bit more clearly and other times while you're sharing it with friends and you're you're living some really cool experiences together and you feel like it's an adventure all the time really um so yeah and then it's all about well if you have great conditions snow it's just like the day is 10 times better than you thought it was going to be um yeah, it's always a bit of an adventure. I'd say it's um, cool adventures in the mountains.
0: What's your favorite place uh, for skiing or for training? Uh, do you have any?
1: Uh, well, behind where I live is where I go the most. Uh, so it's more, it's in the Beaufortin. It's um, from the Tarentaise Valley, but Beaufortin side. So it's it's natural. Uh, there aren't any ski lifts. Um, A lot of the time, there aren't too many people where I go. And yeah, it's really pretty. (laughs) So yeah, I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, so uh, pushing skis uh, off fist uh, often means uh, some level of danger. Uh, We do uh, seem to see uh, not many skimo athletes uh, Uh, taking their time preparing for such an event as an avalanche. Uh, Do you you train these uh, uh, companion help skills during the summer? Do you get to touch your beacon uh, during the summer? Or what is your perspective on uh, avalanche skills, uh, on uh, preparation? Or uh, we can divide uh, schema athletes into two groups, uh, the ones caught in avalanche and survivors and uh, the ones you know what I mean do you do you Mm -hmm. practice these skills do you uh, often uh, think of uh, avalanche preparation in your case
1: yeah I mean for sure it's really super important um in the summer to be honest we don't do any of that at all uh well firstly because well it's a little bit complicated when there's no snow uh I mean we could still do it but um I guess it's more when the snow kind of starts to come. Um, It's more individual, individually, um, the the practice is done. So like with the teams, I mean, it could be something that could be done and I think it would be really good like to do the practices during our our training camps. Um, It could be really um, good for us. And then while I'm kind of doing my... um, ski instructors course so we've got to learn how to do that, learn how to, um, well we've got to do it like under 15 minutes to be able to find the bag and do the whole protocol so we need to train for that and yeah I mean living in the mountains it's always something that is never very far away so whether it's friends who've been affected, uh, who've been caught in avalanches, um, yeah I have not just happened all the time around here and but every time it happens it always kind of reminds you okay i should train that a little bit more um so i think that there could be a lot more done on that level um yeah it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one because as you say well Schemo. a lot of the time it's kind of we go out training and then we come back and then that, that's it. And we don't take enough time to practice the skills that you need in these cases. And it should definitely be something that's part of our practice.
2: Yeah, yeah. it seems, uh, it seems you're getting it right. Uh, uh, Avalanche uh, is always present. And uh, it's good you, that you think of uh, these problematics this way and uh, this should be really something uh, everybody uh, outside uh, should be considering because uh, you never know there is always uh, death in mountains and uh, it's never going to be it's never going to be something else but you know uh, it's good uh, for us to hear it from you because our listeners uh, I'm sure uh, they love to hear it from, uh, from athletes that this is also very and super important. And uh, thank you for sharing, us, sharing this with us. And uh, as we are coming uh, to an end of uh, our, pod- our podcast, Emily, is there something uh, that you would love to ask us? Or, or do you want to tell us something uh, which, which can be spread among the skimo athletes? And uh, for the second question, uh, is there somebody you would love to hear in the podcast, somebody from Schemo Athlete Group, you would love to hear talking about Schemo?
1: Um, Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there are loads of people I'd love to hear um, in the next podcast. Um, I'd love to hear uh, Maya intellectuals, actually, (laughs) if I have to pick one.
2: okay okay we will we'll take it into consideration actually she she is uh, in a in a row yeah <laughs> so oh yeah it's a, brilliant <laughs> yeah it's, it's a good choice and yeah. uh, and uh, is there something you would love to ask us uh, as a skimo or skimo cast people do you do you miss some service do you uh, do you have some suggestions for us
1: well i think that you guys are doing uh, an amazing amazing work I think it's really um got a lot of uh it's dynamized um schema I mean I'm quite new so uh I feel like you guys have been here from the beginning (laughs) but um no I think uh it's really great what you're doing and so the question I could have are what are your next projects coming up after the after the podcast
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh Uh, Yeah, there is one. We're gonna run our own uh, World Cup
0: series. (laughs) No, no, uh, no. Uh,
2: uh, We have we have uh, many many thoughts on uh, on projects on how to promote Schemo. but uh, of course, it's uh, always a matter of uh, of time and uh, uh, financial resources, and uh, we have many ideas. Uh, one of our ideas is to run uh, our small uh, uh, Schemo stats teams of racers to support them with our partners. We have some uh, ideas for, uh, for summer uh, period. And uh, well, yeah, we can, we can always uh, hear uh, from, uh, from you guys uh, what we can do because we need your perspective. Uh, because you are the racers. We are uh, some uh, stats guys. We do have some uh, ideas, but uh, uh, we will try to keep uh, our uh, worlds uh, pretty close so we can share the uh, common uh, sense of schema. So uh, many thanks for that. And uh, uh, let's see what's uh, going to come
0: next. When it comes to terms of of let's say the experience of us and you in in schema racing world, uh, do you know that? Uh uh, we launched our website just a days before your very first World Cup race uh, in Osoa. So we are, let's say, this, the same as you in this. So oh,
1: see, <laughs> you were there from the beginning. I knew it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the birth the birthday when we meet uh, next time, we can celebrate our uh, our already third year of. A third year. Yeah. Okay, we'll brilliant. We'll are you do so. baking we'll the cake? So. Yeah. I like chocolate yeah. cakes. You're, yeah. you're doing the you're doing the cake. Uh, we're gonna take pictures, okay? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Love <Yeah>. to
0: negotiate. <laughs> okay, Emily. So, thanks a lot uh, for your time, for the energy, and yeah, uh, we wish you all the best to the upcoming season, uh especially. The, the health, you know, it's uh, the most important thing when it comes to terms uh, of racing and training uh, because without this, uh, like, nothing is, <laughs> is possible. So yeah. thank you again uh, for being uh, there and enjoy the time in mountains and outside.
1: Well, thank you so much, you too Looking forward to seeing you in the First World Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in Ponte di
2: Leño, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay,
2: many thanks. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Emily.
0: We hope that you enjoyed our talk with Emily Herop. And for the next episode, we have an amazing and interesting guest because we will talk with Austrian Wonderboy Paul Werbniak, who just crushed under twenty men category last year, winning almost all of the races in the World Cup and in the World Championships and we are still looking how to improve our Schemostats and Schemocast projects. So if you have any tips, let us know via our social media sites or via email. Thank you so much for listening to this and thank you for your support.